It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. Current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware, because you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. Hello, Jim. And Murray. Yo. Hello, Murray. So, with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on! Well, thanks Bryce, and uh, thanks Jeff for uh, taking us into these fabulous studios. Uh, our first segment we're going to jump into is called Movies That Came Out Last Week. And just as a prequel, so for those of you, obviously this is the first time we're doing our podcast, and hopefully be streaming for many, many years to come. Uh, we have a rating system that we've developed over years and years of high-level analysis to come up with the best rating system for a film. That's so what... it's three simple, very simple words. And if you can't figure out what they are, after you have to re-listen to our first podcast to be able to understand our rating system. So the first one means the film is great, it's fantastic, it's Mondo! Mondo! And then we have, you know, if the film was just okay, like it was worth, you know, you liked it, it was okay, it's meh. Meh. Yeah, there you go. And if it's so terrible that you either would tell your grandmother, Grandma, you should watch this as punishment for being a, a terrible <laughs> grandmother for the years that you've been one, then you want to tell her, Grandma, this film was rage. Rage. Rage on. So we're gonna go into uh, movies that came out last week. So we got a few, a few films that we want to talk about from last week. Uh, we've seen actually. I think than, we've seen them all. Yeah, I think no, see Murray's seen them all, but no, I haven't. We've seen, seen them all. One. So yeah. Bryce, I'll let you start out with, in my opinion, my favorite one from last week. Knives Out. Uh, basically, it's about a detective who investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric combative family. Uh, I'll have to take a deep breath before I say who stars in it, because it is a long list. <laughs> we got Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, Christopher Plummer, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, and Anna de Armas, which I don't believe I've ever seen her in anything before. No, I can't say I've no. seen her Yeah, anything. which was yeah, crazy, because she was a focal part of the movie. She's the star of the film. She's yeah. like, yeah. oh, don't, don't spoil oh, sorry. <laughs> No spoilers here. She's the star. <laughs> she really she is. is. Yeah. Saw it, enjoyed it. Um, tremendous ensemble cast. Uh, yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was 90 minutes of fun. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta agree. I think, uh, well, first off, we got Jamie Lee Curtis, right? So, I mean, it could be my childhood, you know, closet Obsession. hidden boner for Jamie Lee Curtis, but I mean, that lady is beautiful. She's, no matter what she's in, she just, captivates the screen. And then you've got Daniel Craig, which has some controversy with our group here, but a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Murr's not a big fan not of Daniel Craig, but I Craig. I love Daniel Craig. I think he added so much to the whole Bond franchise. Daniel um, Craig's excellent in everything he's done as far as I can tell. Yeah. I don't remember seeing a Daniel Craig movie and going, boy, that would have been better if Daniel Craig wasn't, wasn't in the role. It. Yeah, no, <laughs> That's I would... Absolutely not. 100%. And um, do you remember that movie uh, he made a few years ago where he was a Jewish freedom fighter, sort of in the jungles of... 
Yeah, we were just talking about this recently. Defiance. That's it. I was like, how can I forget the name of that movie again? I mean, he was not James Bond, but he still kicked ass in that movie, right? I mean, that movie kicked ass. That was an excellent, excellent movie. Yeah. So I mean, you you've got where we've talked in the past about these ensemble casts, where you've got you know multiple actors who are like A list players, like this film. And which is kind of funny because they're all kind of like bit parts. They don't. It's not. Well, that was, that was the whole thing. Is that nobody outshined everybody. Everybody had their moment, and it was very, very well done. They um, nobody went on, and you know we didn't have like a whole full. Like I really expected Jamie Lee Curtis from the previews yeah. to be like a major part of this film, and not that she wasn't. But everybody was a major part of this film, and nobody really got a bigger part than anybody. And they kind of played supporting cast to uh, Anna de Armas' character. Yeah. Um, and I thought it worked really well. You know, I don't. Did you mention that Michael Shannon was in this? I did I mention that so. Michael did Shannon you? is it. Oh, that dude is like the best in everything. If Michael Shannon's in the movie, I'm going to see it. Yeah. You know what? I think. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna announce this right now. So Jeff is my oh. witness. We are making a list. Checking it twice. Checking it twice. <laughs> We're going to make a list of people that are the undoubted. So when they're in a movie. Undoubted? Undoubted. So when we have the undoubted, that means no matter what they're in, you're going to see this film. So obviously oh. Michael Shannon's one of them. Jamie right. Lee Curtis to me is one of them. Okay, let's just make sure we got a unanimous decision here. Is Jamie Lee on all our lists nope. for undoubted? No. What did she make that you didn't does. like? True lies. That was awesome. <laughs> what are you talking That's about? That's blasphemy right That's there. That's blasphemy. James Cameron and she does a strip tease. Come on. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you have a point. Yeah, exactly. right. So, okay, maybe James, well, we can all agree on Michael Shannon for now. So yeah. far, we have one person on that list. Yeah. The list will grow, the I'm list sure. Will grow. It will. And obviously, Daniel Craig can't make it because Murray's not a fan. No. But uh, <laughs> I think so. Let's just give it a quick rating uh, for Knives Out. It's definitely Mondo. 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 All right. So we got three Mondos across the board for Knives Out. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> team. A team of players here. Great. Uh, so now we're going to talk about Queenie and Slim. So Queenie and Slim came out last week. Brace and I were lucky enough to get a preview of this. Thought I was lucky initially. Yeah. No, no. Don't spoil. Ooh. Don't spoil. There's a, there's a surprise ending here because <laughs> as you're watching it, like the whole time, I'm going. This pacing is amazing. The acting was fantastic. So good. Yes, until the last forty minutes of the movie, and yeah. it just—it's like you know there was an assimilation to uh, Thelma and Louise, and that's really what it was. At forty minutes before the end of the movie, they drove off of, of a cliff. Pretty, pretty much. It was like figuratively. It was figuratively. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to do any spoilers here, but um, but yeah, no, just what you're saying. I mean, you know, when I sat down and started watching this movie, ten minutes in, I'm like, this is really, really good. Half hour in, I'm like, this is like better than really good. Like, I am really enjoying this. About forty minutes in, I'm still hooked in. I'm thinking this might be one of the better movies of the year. And then the end happened, and stuff just started... Falling apart. Falling apart. No other way to put it. It was the writers. The writers ruined that film, I think. In my opinion, it was a flaw in the writing. And actually, you know what? The director, uh, I got to say, Murray, do you know who who directed that? um, Queen and Slim? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But So, you know, I mean, 
part of the the fall down the acting was really superb but the script and the and the direction as you're going through it and you're watching this film and you're like okay surprise me because so far i'm with you all along on this ride but it just got so predictable. It was kind of like, we, you, we could write, if we said, what's the worst American drama ending that you could have? There it was. It was there. <laughs> it was there. And you know how I feel about American dramas I at the best do. of time. It's like literally my least favorite film to watch. Because... And that was the whole thing. I'm like, okay, I think I know where they're going to go now, but I'm hoping that they don't. And then they did. And I'm okay. But now they're going to, do something a little different. They're not going to go exactly where I think they're going to go now. And then they did again. Yeah, they did, yeah. And then it just, I thought the ending was just dumb. Um, just going back a little bit, though, even one part where I, sh it was kind of not early on, but it's where it started to fall apart for me, is was it just me or when they took those that car to, and burn it out, there was two cars that were that were driving there, Okay. They burnt out one car, and then Queen and Slim drove away in the other car. So does that mean that poor Uncle Earl was just standing there yeah. waiting for a ride? Yeah, I remember that in the movie. Well, we it's don't like, want to give that away for some people who are going to see this. But Well, that's not giving anything uh, away. That was just uh, one I, more thing where I was like, what is going on? You got to forget. Was though, he going to walk home? You that was a long drive. You don't own a cell phone, so that would be for you. But he has Uber. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't have one of them fancy walk-around phones. Around phones. That's walking-around phones. Well, okay, let's give a quick rating for uh, Queenie and Slim. For me, I got to say, it could have been a Mondo, but it ended up being meh, because the first half of the movie I did like. Rage! It was uh, so bad. It started off so good, and then it was so, so bad. So bad. All right, well, to, speaking of bad... <laughs> Bryce, why don't you take us to what we also saw last week? I don't know weekend. that we're speaking of bad in this case, but The Irishman, uh, we, I think we all saw it. Yeah, um, we did. Basically, it's a mob hitman who recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa, directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, of course, it stars Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Ray Romano, Harvey Keitel, Bobby Cannavale, uh, and others. Um, it was a good movie. <laughs> No doubt about it. It was a good movie. It mm. had fantastic performances in it. Joe Pesci will get nominated for the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, will win the Oscar for Best so. Supporting Actor, undoubtedly. I can't debate you on that one. I, so I have a different opinion about how this movie went, in my mind. Although everything you said about the acting, like, this was an actor's acting movie. Like, to your point... Joe Pesci shone in every scene. Now, I don't necessarily... You couldn't take your eyes off the screen no, when Joe couldn't. Pesci... No, When he was on, he captivated I didn't even want to blink. No. <laughs> I think... Didn't we bring toothpicks with us? <laughs> we Just should for that have. reason? And a whole bunch of eye drops? I felt like... It was a like clockwork yeah, orange watching that film. It was like three... It, although it was torture to me. So, to, to me, uh, the big thing I have a problem with this with is that, number one, it's three and a half hours, and we both agreed after the movie... That this could have been cut. It, it 40 didn't minutes. need to be three and a half. It hours. could have been cut forty minutes, and we paid money in the theater to see this. We could have watched it free on Netflix, but we went to the theater to I see this. I wanted to see the big on the big screen. Yeah, well, right. understandably so. But uh, so for me, um, I have a big problem, with, and you'll hear more about this in my rage. But uh, directors who are past their prime and that have carried on their lives with the clout of their name. And they basically just, you know, go, 
Ah, oh, I'm Scorsese. I'm going to direct a film that... It was another gonna solid play, outing gonna from Scorsese. Please, I'm going to please myself with this film and screw everybody else that's watching it. So we're uh, running out of time from last week, so let's move on, I guess, to, to next week. But let's give it a quick rating. Uh, Bryce, would you give it? Mondo. I'm going to give it a meh. And it gets extra points for Pesci's acting. There you go. Murray, would you give it? I give it a Mondo-ish. Ish. You can't. It's got to be Mondo or nothing, buddy. You can't. Mondo, There's no not ish a, in this. Not enthusiastic it's all, Mondo. It's, okay, it's not an enthusiastic Mondo. Gotcha. Uh, so what's coming out this week? So uh, I'm super excited about this because I loved the last one. I think, you know, if you're going to go see a movie called Jumanji, I expect it to be childish and, and crazy, but I think it's going to be fun. The last one, even Bryce, you said you didn't mind the last one. I didn't mind the last one, but that doesn't mean we have to make another one. And another one after that. Well, I guess we'll have to see because <laughs> when it comes out and if we see it, we'll have to make a decision on, you know, our, is this, I think uh, you've got some actors in there. They've added a couple, sprinkled a couple more in there, like DeVito. Yeah. And um, on the plus side, a part of it was shot in Alberta. Uh, a part of it was actually shot in Alberta, so that's good. Well, that's going to be a plus, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of excited about it, but I don't know. Yeah. What's your thoughts? You have no because you just think it's number three. It's just going to be dumb. Why did they bring it back? I I honestly don't know. I it's does nothing for me. But we'll find out. I'm probably going to watch it. <laughs> but will we go, will uh, you go cer- see it? A certain theater? someone sitting at this table probably will drag me to yes, it. Yes, that so. is yes. very true. I will drag he you to it. He tends to do that. Yeah. All right. So what do you think of the next film? Well, here's what I think of the next film. <laughs> and you'll actually be maybe a little bit surprised because it's Black Christmas. Okay. Oh, I uh, love Black you know, Christmas. Not, yes. The me original Cram- was me fantastic. Cram- me and Krampus. Yes. Krampus. So this is the third go-around for this movie, though. Um, we had it in 1974, a nice Canadian production. It was excellent. Then we remade it in 2006. Didn't, why? Didn't, exactly, why? Didn't really do anything for me. And now, 13 years later, we're making it again. Here's the thing, though. It's got Imogen Poots in it. Oh. So all of a sudden, oh. I'm thinking... How bad can it be? I mean, Imogen Poots, if, if you don't know who she is, you should find out because she's been in excellent, excellent movies. Vivarium, uh, which actually played at the Calgary International Film Festival this year, um, along with Castle in the Ground, which also played at the Calgary Film International Film Festival this year, were both excellent. She was in The Art of Self-Defense, I Kill Giants, Sweet Virginia, Green Room, everything oh, I'm saying... Yeah are excellent movies. So she makes good choices. So even though when I first heard about this, I'm like, I am yeah, so I dreading you, this movie. I remember you raging about it for I, a while. Yeah, I found out who was in it, and I'm like, well, she had to see something in it. She seems to pick good roles, so I'm going to give it a chance. I can't say that I'm super stoked for it, but... Yeah, I don't know. I like, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't understand remakes of horror films. Like, to me, it's... If it's a classic great horror film, like, why the hell did they fuck up Psycho? Like, they didn't need to bring that back. No, you didn't. It wasn't. There was no need for it. Or these, or Halloween, like, you know, maybe Rob Zombie's got a, he's got a thing for redoing great movies and making them crappy, but. Well, I think that they threw a bunch of money at him there. I think he did want to make something, maybe not. But he made two Halloween. He did. Come on. So there's no, 
He could have made money going back on tour with the uh, with White Zombie. Would have been way better. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, what else we got next week? Next, uh, uncut gems. So, this one is um, I don't know. Um, it's it's a comedy. What's it sounds like a comedy because it's got Adam Sandler in it. But I think it's more of a serious role for him. Yeah, it is. And um, you know, actually, to be quite honest, as much as Adam Sandler's comedy movies make me want to throw up like for a week after seeing it um his dramas his dramas are solid man punch drug love that movie was great yep and you know i mean he's probably just been doing a bunch of shitty comedies for so long he's probably like i hate myself so much i'm gonna make a dramatic (laughs) so i'm kind of excited to actually see this one i'm actually Really, really, really looking forward to this one, and I'll tell you why. Ooh, um, here we go. I don't know if you've seen Good Time, starring our boy Robert Pattinson, but Ooh. if you have not seen it, you need to not. see it. It's you, on my list now. You need to see it. Okay. Um, it's directed by the Safdie brothers. Oh, okay. Now, the Safdie brothers have, are just excellent. Um, they've yeah. released four movies. Two of them not so well known, and for some reason the titles have gone off the top of my head. But if Murray's you get a chance, looking it up right now. <laughs> of course, I am. <laughs> uh, Daddy Long Legs was their first one. I remember that, and it was also excellent. And then they followed it up with something else, and then they made Good Time, which is an absolute classic. Um, so they've they've hit home runs every time. Hmm. So I am super looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean the rest of the cast actually looks pretty solid, right? You got. Um, Julia Fox, uh, Kevin Garnett, The Weekend. I didn't even know he could act, but I guess we're gonna find do, out. Maybe, maybe he'll just he sing. Can't. Maybe he'll just sing the whole time. Well, if anybody can drag a performance out of them, the Safdie brothers will do it. Yeah, I'm telling you that these guys know how to make a movie. All right, well, let's uh, let's just do a quick recap. Uh, Jumanji. I'm excited about Black Christmas. I wasn't, but now you've convinced me I need to. And um, Uncut Gems. I think we're both excited about. Would you say true? Yes. Awesome. All right, uh, let's move on to one of my favorite segments. It's called Open Rage. Open Rage. And uh, we're starting off with Bryce's Rage this week. Uh, Let's hear the rage. So my Open Rage is on CGI to make actors look younger. Um, This is just getting distracting. (laughs) We really got to just stop it. They look like rubber. I, I don't know why we're doing it. Um, perfect example, unfortunately, is The Irishman. Yes. Because we yes, just saw it. Yes, it is. Robert De Niro, as a younger man, you know, they're trying to make him look, what, 30, 35 years no, younger? I have no clue how old he was the whole movie, except yeah. when he was He's almost 200. dead. He looked like, like 200 at the end. He looked like a wax figure. Um, you know, his facial expressions were kind of weird because of it. And this is going back to actually, sorry to interrupt on your fantastic rage, by the way. Uh, I just want to say, this is another flaw of Scorsese's direction in there. It's like another self-induced orgasm for making his own film. But it's like, I'm going to just have all my buddies make a movie. And the only person where I was happy if they brought back is Pesci. Because everybody else was miscast in that film. That that was the thing. Robert De Niro, I was thinking as I was watching it, Bobby Cannavale, who played uh, dude that, uh, you know, uh, I like steak. Yeah. (laughs) So... I thought that he should have actually been in the De Niro role. Yes. I think they could have. Yeah, he was the right age for it. Yes. In the beginning, and let's just 
Let's just use makeup to make him look a little older. There's, we've come a long way with makeup. Yes! There's no reason to make, do the CGI for everybody to make well, them look younger, pockets, older. Well, we got like Martin Scorsese. You go, hey, I, uh, I got nothing else to spend money on. Why don't I spend another... Two million dollars on CGI yeah. for this movie you, that I miss, over, that I miscast because I'm a, I've lost all my skills. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> but yeah, no, and, and we've been doing this for for ages. I mean, you go back and you know when they tried to make Arnold Schwarzenegger look younger in the Terminator, and that was just <laughs> ridiculous. Isn't the Terminators movies all like? CGI yeah, now, so it's pretty like, much, pretty it's much. like all shot on a green screen, right? Uh, and I don't know if you knew about this, but apparently we're gonna bring James Dean back. Oh fuck! Yep. Yeah. Seriously, we're, we are seriously gonna bring James Dean back. We're resurrecting him for the movie Finding Jack, which is a Vietnam War film. So, and here's the thing: he's not gonna be in like a bit of the film. Apparently, he's in like thirty to forty percent of the film. Oh my god! So you know, he died in 1955. We're gonna be bringing him back. <laughs> we're in gonna 1920. colorize him to bring him back. Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> where does this stop? Well, I can tell you where it's gonna stop. It's gonna stop with the new Star Wars. I don't know. Yeah, be the last time they're going to use it? Well, yeah. they're going to have to bring somebody back. Carrie Fisher's going to be no, back, they're, probably. They're, they're going to use it as much as they want. But, yeah, that's that, that's the uh, you know that, that's that's the next thing on the horizon. But well, I don't know. I, did, I, I, I You know what? I 100% agree with you. Like, I do love CGI when it's done really well. But I don't like it when they take faces and, you well, know. Well, and, and that's the whole thing. You, there's definitely a place for CGI, but... You know, I'm sick of seeing, like, let's get away from even the, the faces and making think people look younger. If I see one more CGI blood splatter, <laughs> it just, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, man, just, they can't use real blood. What are yeah, they doing? Just use your, your dye and corn syrup and let's get some what? real looking blood, man. Let's, let's do like the original Carrie and use real pig's blood. There Come you on. go. Let's use some real blood. That's Absolutely. Right. I know. I mean, it's not necessarily... Uh, going to your sensibilities about animal rights or anything. But come on, there's lots of animals we kill every day. What are we doing with all their blood? Yes, indeed. Cover some actors in blood for a change. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can think of a few people I'd like to cover in blood. Yeah. Especially from that movie, The Irishman. (laughs) Yes. Well, go ahead, Jim. (laughs) Well, I just, uh, jumping on the bandwagon about that, I just think um, it's, it's not really needed that they have those like there's so many great young actors that are out there that Scorsese could have given a chance to and yet he picks his cronies to play and that that I couldn't even watch half the movie other than it was so long but watching De Niro on screen supposedly being a 35 year old married to a 32 year old and he's like 60 or 70 now yeah, I mean, it was painful. It wasn't painful. I could get past it, but oh, you, but you couldn't get past the guys in the middle of the road when he then they blew up the car and he had a phone to call an Uber. Exactly, <laughs> that was just ridiculous. <laughs> okay, well, I see your point there. You got got more to rage on about that. Is there anybody else you want to talk about for the CGI? The CGI? Nah, I think I'm done with the CGI. Let's go on with. I think that I think that was yeah. a pretty good, pretty good rage. Um, I'm gonna give that. Two Mondos up. Cool. <laughs> uh, so my rage this week, my open rage this week, is directors <laughs> that once were fantastic. And still are. And they're not anymore. Right. It's kind of like they're just dialing it in. So The Irishman is a perfectly good example because, in my opinion, I thought, you know, this is not Scorsese of the old days. Although he's made enough gangster movies 
that it was kind of just, to me, it was dialing it in. It was kind of like, hey, another gangster movie that I made with my buddies. And you know what? I've got money, so I'm going to CGI the shit out of it. And then I'm, I'm going to drag it on for three and a half hours when it really only needed to be two hours. And, you know, it was on a topic that, yeah, granted, it was interesting. But it's kind of like, dude, like, maybe make something original. It's just like, I've got a formula. I just want to make gangster movies. You CGI blood, you CGI blood, CGI faces, and have old people play young people. Like, it's kind of like, dude, why are you doing this? Go back, find some good acting classes and, and teach somebody something. Yeah, but three and a half hours of pain. But it was all worth it because and suffering. I got to see Joe Pesci for the first time in like 10 years. That's true. And I got to see him, I believe, at the top of his game. I don't know that I've ever seen him better, and that's saying something. What? He was in Gone Fishing now. Yeah, I know he was in Gone Fishing. <laughs> Hello. Probably the low light Hello. of his career. Hello. That, that made him take about an eight-year break, and then he came back and... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think he starred in that Robert De Niro directed movie. Yeah, that's right. It was. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yes. Got my back. <laughs> but yeah. No. Okay, so I can't debate you. I can't debate you on Pesci. Like, to me, that is the whole movie. Like, you could have just had. Everybody off and it was enough to give Pesci it a mondo, doing, really. Just, no, it wasn't. You can't. You can't give a movie a whole three and a half hour movie. Amando, just because Pesci I just was fabulous. The best supporting actor for the Academy Awards this year. Yeah, and then you watched it in a movie that was terrible. I was watched it in a movie boring, that was pretty good. It was just meh. Yeah, it was pretty good. So okay, so that's one. But the other one, which I want to just, I don't know. This is a Lay I want to say controversial me. topic, yes. but Tarantino. I don't think Tarantino's made a good movie. Since he made the one where they were in Paris, I don't and even you know, know what, what I'm talking about. I don't about. even know what you're Ruby talking about. Okay, you can't say he's made an original script since Kill Bill. What I can say, okay, no, no, is no, he's no. a master the, craftsman. He's not a master craftsman. He he's, absolutely he is. Just, he just, I, the, his last film was like he just awesome. Yes, no, I agree. No, he threw up. Yes. On the, he, Tarantino threw up <laughs> on the screen. It was, it was however many hours, it felt like seven days I was watching that film. Oh, if there I could wasn't, watch, there I wasn't think anything someday I might watch that film seven days straight because it was so uh, good. I could was, watch it over and over again. The last 20 minutes were great. Eh, they were okay. That was the, that was the only good thing about it. I, have, I, don't, I know not of what you speak, my friend. The whole, the, it was just basically uh, an homage to himself. It was like a self-absorbed torture session for me where I'm watching this guy... Put, do a film about nothing. It was like he was doing a Seinfeld episode that wouldn't end with characters that were not even well-developed. The only thing good about that was, was the um, Bruce Lee, the little tiny which Bruce was Lee awesome. clip. Yeah, that was great. And then the end, which was a spin-off on the Polanski uh, murder, which yeah. is really what the story was about, but it wasn't like th about that at all. Well, no. That would why, why would We've seen that. Yeah, we, we know how that You're ends. sitting here saying, well, I want him to make something original. So yeah. he did. He put something original out yes. there. Yeah, how is put, this not original? He put 20 minutes of original. It was his own twist on, oh. on, on the Charles Manson stuff. Which Well, I, I actually like, I like it when he does that. That's why I did like um, his his great film, Inglorious Bastards. Which was awesome. Yeah. Great. But then he, then he just took that and he went, 
you know, I haven't got any new ideas, so why don't I do, okay, I did it with the Jewish community, uh, and I did it with a woman in Jackie Brown, and then, now maybe I should, oh, and then I also did it with a woman in Kill Bill, and then I was like, oh, wait, I haven't done with the black community. You so, hadn't. So I'll make, so, That's so I'm true. like, I got no other ideas so in my head. So you made another excellent movie. I got movie. no, That's no right. other ideas in my head, so why don't I write a, a movie where, first off, You've got a person that's. You know, I'm not going to argue that he doesn't have common <laughs> themes throughout his movies. He absolutely does. But to t- say that they're all kind of the same, I don't agree with that. Right. Well, they have different I. actors in it, that's for sure. They do. And the dialogue is not much different, but it's. You know. I think he gets tremendous performances out of his actors every single time. No, the dialogue's not that much different, but I like his dialogue. Do people talk like that? No, no, but no. if I wanted to see people talk, you know, talk like people talk, I'd just go talk to someone. I'm watching a movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, not a, I don't mind when people don't, don't talk like you're not, like regular people talk. But it's just his dialogue is mundane and drawn out and non-essential. It's very witty, I agree. No, I, I, don't, think I've, I don't think I laughed in that entire movie. I now, think I laughed. Granted, so... Many, uh, many times. So, you know, the, the thing is with Tarantino... Not with just beating him up, because I, you know, I just also beat up Scorsese. But you know, Tarantino He's started beating at up such two a of high... our better filmmakers. No, that is correct. They were great filmmakers and still are. No, that's not true. Uh, so they, they, he had such a high fall to come, and it didn't take him long to get there. Because when he ran out of ideas, and he was just like, "Man, I'm gonna make a another movie with the same plot. Just you know, cup, shake. I'll throw the dice in." Like a Yahtzee set of dice and go, roller, 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 splat. Okay, there's the script, blah, 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 blah. Take five minutes, write it out, and bam, there it is. But he was a great, he was a great director, and he had great films. And my, to my point, stay great, stay fresh, stay original, get scripts. Like even his um, Hateful Eight, man, it was Excellent a re, film. it was a rewrite I of agree. another film. And then the first twenty minutes was. A freaking snow. Oh, the first carriage. twenty minutes was awesome. Oh, I know it's because there was walking involved from a horse. I love a movie with walking. Yeah, and horses walking for twenty minutes. You know what? You're always obsessed with like stuff happening in movies. <laughs> you, you don't need stuff happening. You, you just need, need something to happen. Yeah, that like snow stuff happening's overrated. Spruce Meadows, if you want to watch horses walking. Around I like a nice snow. methodical pace. Well, you like to be drawn into this level of nihilism through the any film that gets you to your point of is it euphoria is that what it is that... yes yes it is <laughs> all right well i think that's enough for my rage uh i think for, for those directors beware out there because i will tear you a new one if you can't stay fresh if you're not giving me something new why make something at all that's my theory and you can't tell me anything was new on that film we watched the irishman nothing nothing was new other than pesci Got to see Pesci. Yes, Loved that's it. it. That's all you get. The, you get Pesci, and that makes it a mondo. You get Pesci, and that's it. That's enough. <laughs> what Not. more do you want? You are a one greedy bastard. <laughs> I am right. a little greedy. I got to say, Al Pacino wasn't too bad either. Al Pacino was the same character he's in no, every I, single freaking movie. I, I took a flamethrower to this it. place. I, that is. Stay right. alone, my little friends. He's like this. His whole stick. He's like. Uh, Al Pacino, can you act anything other than just crazy and and angry? He's, he's got two levels where he's just kind of, you know, 
yeah, one, exactly. one love, and then he goes right into Rah! yeah, and yeah. that you almost sounded like you could have done. That's a great Pacino that, impression. That buddy. is my Pacino impression these days. I love it. Uh, all right, so let's move on from our raging because uh, I'm tired of being so angry all the time. You're making me uh, angry. I'm getting tense. We need to hire some massage uh, therapists in here, Jeff, to rub Murray, us down. Get in way. there. Murray, get in there so. and work those knots, buddy. They don't pay me enough. So we got um, some independent films that came out. And uh, as it happened to be, um, a very great uh, film fest run by our friends at Calgary Underground Film Fest played this last weekend. And it started on Wednesday and ran till Sunday. Uh, a lot of us are heavily involved with Cuff. And um, we're just going to highlight some, some of kind of our favorites uh, that we had uh, from the festival. So uh, Bryce, why don't you start off with... Yeah, so we took in uh, Mr. Toilet, the world's number two man. Uh, real good film. Um, it's just about a Singapore man who's a crusader for global sanitation through toilets. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's quite good. Um, and it, it, it touches upon that, but it's also kind of a movie just about a guy who has a certain way of getting his message across, and he kind of found out that maybe that's not the way to get it across to certain cultures. So it was a, a lot of culture clashing in it. It was a real interesting film, not just from the toilet aspect, yeah. but from the uh, I mean, who personal doesn't aspect know about toilets? Well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was a good little film. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think um, that was actually probably one of my favorite films of the festival, and I was lucky enough to preview every film that we got to preview with Gus yes. because I... Just so happened to be a previewer with them. So um, this was actually one of my favorites. I think anybody who has a passion for international um, uh, sanitation should should check this film out. Uh, I mean, you know it's someone's going to pick it up. A streaming service is going to pick it up. Oh, yeah. For sure. And well worth a, a see. Interestingly enough, this movie, to me, kind of crosses over a little bit into the uh, Inside the Mind of Bill Gates, which is on Netflix yep. right now. Yep. Um, because he's a, he actually plays in one of the episodes. So if you, got, if you guys haven't seen that, highly recommend you see Inside the Mind of Bill Gates. In fact, when I saw that on Netflix, I was in a very depressed state, probably after seeing a terrible movie like The Irishman. <laughs> and then um, happened to be uh, watching this. I was like, this is hope. Billionaires who have money can actually make a difference. And, and actually, that's a bit of a subtext to, the, uh, to Mr. Toilet as well, right? That uh, you yep, know, billionaires absolutely. need to do something with all their money because they're never going to be able to spend we it. We all need to do something. Yeah. Um, Murr. Yo. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, QT8 a bit? You uh, um, got a chance to check that out? Uh, I did. Uh, well, I was working all weekend, so I only get to see a few films, but that was one of them. I stayed for that. And unlike uh, my friend Jim, I am a huge Tarantino fan, <laughs> uh, and I loved his last film. Apparently, Jim was a Tarantino fan. I but was. was. A big I Tarantino still am. Fan. As uh, am I. And yeah, I guess it's a good thing for Jim that Mr. Tarantino is retiring from directing soon. Yes, but, thank you. But uh, this is a documentary about the first eight films that he did. And it started at the, the first with um, Reservoir Dogs. Thank you. Uh, and then, you know, went right up to Hollywood. Uh, and yeah, the director was there and the producer. So there was a nice Q&A at the end of it. Cool. Uh, and yeah, it, it, uh, and she actually got to talk to most of the, the stars of the films. Uh, Uma Thurman declined to be interviewed for obvious reasons. And then towards the end, they kind of touched on the whole Harvey Weinstein thing and how, you know, Quentin 
tried to distance himself kind of from that. But he wasn't alone. But yeah, I found a, a very, very uh, good documentary. And I'm not a huge fan of documentaries, but it, I enjoyed it. Uh, and a cute little tidbit, which I'm, you know, the king of useless information, which I heard on an interview earlier, but they had it during the rolling credits, is uh, two rules that he has on his set. One is no phones ever, no cell phones ever. Like it. Not allowed <laughs> to use them at all. Well, you could I don't know how time. anybody walks around with one of them walk around walk phones. Walk around phones. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the other one is if you fall asleep on his set. How do you set, hunt for Pokemon on a daily basis? <laughs> right. How do you Pokemon What's go? What's Pokemon? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Google, you're, Google not, have a you're not up on your Pokemon. Uh, and the, the second uh, tidbit was that apparently if you fall asleep on his set, he takes a picture of you with a um, a wiener in your mouth, huge purple. Uh, let's just Dang say wiener, women's accessory, sexual accessory. Oh, okay. I tend not. I'm not going to use the word, but you mean dildo? Uh, dildo. Yeah, it's the word. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, what's wrong with dildo? What's wrong with dildo? And it's it's like it's really big. But they, they take a picture of you. <laughs> it was a really big dildo. Well. <laughs> How big was the dildo? Yeah, was it a really big purple dildo? I, I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, so that was that was something Michael Madsen shared at the end of the film. But yeah, it was enjoyable. I liked it. Cool. Cool. Um, what else we got? Uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. So this one, um, I didn't hate it when I saw it. I think... Um, a ringing it, endorsement. It, yeah, That's no, let's open this with, I didn't hate it. I didn't, didn't hate, hate it. it. It's, it was interesting enough because uh, I like the concept of it because basically the film, because it was, I mean, he does happen to be gay, the character in it, but yep. he, he he came across as being so significantly gay in this film that it, and it had a bunch of following. So it has some pluses and minuses to it, but uh, I just didn't find um, the whole idea interesting enough. But, Anyway, I guess I would I would probably give it a meh, but it's still something we're seeing to see that someone's career was was destroyed because of how they were directed in the film, really, which yeah. is kind of interesting as a concept for a, for a doc. So I mean, it's probably worth a look, but I didn't love it. All I'm saying, I I think it was worth a look just for the controversy of of what it was talking about. But um, interesting how his career has come back because of the LBGTQ right. community that are supporting him and saying, yeah, it is. It's a topical a, film. It's a great gay film, and, you know, why not enjoy it for that? Um, but, of course, he didn't feel that way when he was making it. So, um, And the other one, which I thought, like, if you think Calgary Underground Film Fest and you think Docs, uh, J.R. Bob Dobbs. I missed it, and I really need to see this And movie. The Church of the Subgenius. Everybody needs to see this film and get, understand the humor of this film. Uh, it's basically a cult that was started way back in the 70s, and it's it was just done as a joke. These guys, and it just became this huge thing. And it's still going on to this day, and it was kind of funny. We know some locals here that actually were in the cult. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Nothing to say? No. That, yeah, like I, I, I didn't uh, see it. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I was, I was, I, I was there uh, during that day. I was, uh, I was volunteering, a and I actually, um, yeah, I got to talk to one of my friends who, yeah, is a huge follower, and he showed me some cool stuff on his phone, and I didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> That's the great thing about cults, right? Unless you really are in one, you don't even know about them. No. True. Kind of, kind of, kind of a little sad, right? I mean, who doesn't want to join a cult? 
Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't. But I don't know. There's a lot of good things about cults. Um, so yeah, that was. So anyway, that was um, Cuff Talks. A little preview of like Cuff Talks. Kool-Aid? Yeah, like, like the Kool Aid. Drink the Kool Aid. Drink the Kool Aid. Well, that probably wasn't the cult. I might not want to join. Yeah. But there's other cults. You know, like the ones where they have promiscuous sex everywhere and. Yeah, you know, yeah. lots of That's lots right. of drugs. Only the leader gets to have sex. Drug-induced orgies. Like, who doesn't want that from a cult? I don't know. If I'm going to join a cult, that's going to be the number one thing on my list. Uh, Mondos. Or not Mondos. Monos. Monos. Bryce, what's the story about Monos? Ah, Monos. And not the disease. It's actually a movie, right? Yeah, it's a movie. Uh, I'll just give you a brief uh, description of it. On a remote mountaintop, eight kids with guns watch over a hostage and a conscripted milk cow. This sounds Um, great. Yeah, yeah. It sounds okay. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Alejandro Landes. Oh. Um, it has a lot of buzz. Um, I know it was playing at Calgary International Film Festival this okay, year. Yeah. And a bunch of people said, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. Hmm. Um, dude that actually uh, programmed it was went out of his way to find me and said, you got to go see it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right. I and, wonder why uh, he sought you out. But so he must know something about film. I guess I must because <laughs> he seems to s- seek me out like constantly. Um, Secret stalker. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Um, but I didn't make time for it then. <laughs> I may make time for it at some point here, but okay. uh, I. And here's the thing: I've not only him, but almost everybody that's seen it has told me, "Yeah, it's really, really good." So, well, it, for some reason, it's not connecting with me. But he, at one point, I'm probably going to force myself to watch it, and I'll probably enjoy I know, it. If you close your eyes and you think eight kids, yeah. like have that great okay, I'm closing TV my eyes. voice. Eight, Eight kids kid. with guns. Right. Watch over a hostage. Right. And a conscripted milk cow. Yeah, it's still doing nothing for me. I don't nothing know. Conscripted milk. Why would they even? The why is why would milk they? Cow. Yeah. I, I guess mean, that's intriguing in itself. Kids with guns? Milk cows? The cow. Everywhere? It's all I need is the cow, and I'm there. Yeah, there exactly. Because you, you know what it needs. It needs more cowbell. Yeah, more cow. <laughs> you got to have more cowbell. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I want to see that too. I think I would see it. So these, again, just reminding people, these are the independent films that sort of came out last week or coming out this week. Um, and then one that's kind of actually kind of close to home. Now, if I can pronounce, I apologize if I pronounce this wrong, but Nipawistamasoin, we will stand up. Yeah, and so I don't this think you one, got that pronunciation even close. I don't know. We have no, we have no checker here, so. No. Uh, so I'm going to say maybe. That's what I'm going to say, maybe. Uh, anyway, this one follows that story about the young guy in Saskatchewan, the young Aboriginal guy who got killed, and then, um, and then the jury was like made up of nobody that was Aboriginal, so it's kind of like not boy, a jury of his seem, peers. Yeah, it doesn't nope. seem like a jury of his peers at all. So, and then the guy got off. So, it's I think it's going to have a lot of controversy, and it could. I'm going to give a mini prediction here, but I, it may make. May make the an Oscar buzz on this. I think film. so. Yeah. Really? Because of the controversy and what's going on in the Aboriginal communities in Canada right now. So for as far as I, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see because we don't have that list yet. But I don't know. It's one to watch. I do want to go see it. I definitely will see it. Uh, streaming, streaming. What uh, what did we see this week? Um, I saw. I don't a know, Jim. Things. What did you see? <laughs> I saw. Some stuff on Disney Plus. I saw some stuff on Shutter. 
I saw some stuff on Amazon. Lay it on us. All right. So I rewatched the original Thor and the original yes. Avengers. I know Murray's <laughs> a huge Thor Thor boy. Is that like a like his fan club? They're Thor boys. Are you a Thor boy? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's go with boy. that. Thor Murray boy. the Thor boy. Murray the Thor boy. Running around in a loincloth. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I forgot how much I enjoyed the original Avengers, and I forgot how how much I actually enjoyed the originals. Because I think last week you and I were chatting about uh, when I went went back into Disney Plus and watched the original Iron Man, right? Which I was blown away. Like you know, as much as I don't know, there's not a lot of new content on Disney Plus, but um, the st- they got everything on there. Like yeah. it's just massive the the content they have. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I don't know. You know what? I even watched Home Alone 1. Like, what? I didn't what? list it, but I did. Well, it's Christmas. You gotta. Yeah. Man, you got plus too it, much free time. Plus, because you, you made me see Pesci in a positive light, I had to watch him again. Ah, uh, fair enough. And he was brilliant in, in it. Um, but you know what What was on Shudder? And I'm not sure if all you guys have Shudder or not, but it's for five bucks. It's so worth it. There's so much great horror in there. Uh, Bride of Reanimator. I love Bride of Reanimator. I know, right? It's like the finger and the eyeball scene is just brilliant. There's not even any purpose for it, but it was just great. You got like, oh my God. So obviously Reanimator's on my top 10 horror films of all time. Top 10? Yeah, of horror films. Top 10? Yeah, top 10. Wow. Yeah, totally. Stuart Gordon? That guy can do no wrong. He was was great. There's no question. And Bride is just like, oh my god! It was it just took the campiness level just that much further. So for me, it was it was fantastic. Um, and then uh, One Child Nation, which I saw on Amazon. Yeah, I saw that actually at the uh, Calgary International Film Festival. Sweet, which was it was it was, it was so a, good. It was an amazing, amazing doc. It really was. Like um, the you, I don't know. It kind of blew my mind. The whole concept is in the seventies when. China just went and said, yep, one kid for all. Yep. Kind of like, no soup for you. But it was like, one kid for you. And, and then all the shit that they do to the people that have more than one kid is not oh, good. Just heartbreaking. It's not good at no. all. And it's, well, as and, you're watching and not it. E- not even just that, but the fact that, you know, they really do love to have sons. And if they had a daughter... Oh my goodness. Yeah, the scenes in it, like, it's not for the squeamish, I can tell you that. But there's scenes in it where they've got dead babies, like, everywhere. Just and it's kind of like. So hard. And I know, you know, that's. Who, there's a song about that. I can't remember who wrote Dead Babies? Yeah. I think Alice Cooper wrote a song called Dead Babies. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so, I mean, if Alice Cooper sings. I mean, that could have been the theme song for it, but, I mean, there was literally dead babies everywhere. <laughs> can't get the tone right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you, you shouldn't be laughing after saying that. Dead no. babies? I don't know. Sometimes, well, when you think of it with Alice Cooper, dead babies are hilarious. <laughs> when it's Alice Cooper, when it's Alice Cooper, fair enough. Exactly. I mean, real dead babies are not hilarious. That's no. a, that's a sad moment. But but yeah, so yeah, I would um, I would highly recommend that to anybody who has Amazon is definitely check out. Uh, check out that film what about you what did you see uh this week well i don't have near as much spare time as um as uh, jim here <laughs> i watched one movie on <laughs> streaming uh on amazon prime uh watched the report uh it's about the cia cover-up and the, well, that's with the, my boy adam in it. yeah 
So the uh, cover-up of the detention and air interrogation program following 9-11 with Adam Driver and Annette Benning. Was Adam Driver fabulous in and it? And John Hamm, hamming it up as usual. Was Adam Driver fabulous in it? No. No, he wasn't. What? He was fine. The movie was boring. Are you talking... Are That's you saying, coming from me. Are you saying Adam Driver was a potato in that movie? Adam Driver... No, I'm saying the movie was a potato. But Adam Driver had nothing to work with. There was, you but know, he, he still should be able to pull something out of his ass. He really didn't. It was just... Here's what you should do. If you're going to watch this movie for 90 minutes or two hours, or it seemed like four, I don't know. Just go watch <laughs> like an hour of C-SPAN. It'll be about the same experience. <laughs> or just we watch The Irishman on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it just had a lot of good actors in it. It so. did have a lot of good actors in it, but to be I mean, honest, we, yeah, we, you know what? We, we have already spent way too much talk, time talking about this movie. It is not worth my breath. Uh, that's sad. Okay, well, so I'm going to assume from that that you're going to give uh, the report uh, rage. rage. Well, I'm giving One Child Nation a mondo. And I can also give it a mondo. Perfect. And of course, Bride of Reanimator is a super mondo. Mondo. Uh, flick of the week. What do you got? Well, I'm just going to go with my flick of the week is just the, the Joe Pesci performance in The Irishman. Uh, once again. That's a performance. That's not actually a flick. Yeah, well. Suck it. Exactly. <laughs> what do you... This is uh, free-flowing stuff here, man. If I want to make Joe Pesci my flick of the week, I'll make him the flick of the week. So okay. Knock if, if you're going to get down to semantics, then yes, The Irishman is my flick of the week. Ugh, with the tremendous performance by, by Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. All right, well... Mara, what you got? What was your flick of the week? What did you uh, well, see that you liked? Well, I've been unusually busy this week, so I didn't see a lot. But uh, I did see The Irishman with these two gentlemen. And I I would say is also my flick of the week. Uh, and I, I enjoyed most of the performances in the movie. Again, three and a half hours, long time to sit. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought Pack it was a, a decent lunch. movie. I mean, it's... I'm surprised it, we all it, didn't fall asleep. It was three no, and a half hours It, it was no good, fellas. But, you know, it, I, it had its moments. You know, I actually felt when I was when I was watching it, like I was in Clockwork Orange, when they were torturing Michael McDowell with his eyes open. That's what I felt The Irishman was to me. Blasphemy. It was, like was a torture session other yep. than Joe Pesci. Uh, my flick of the week is going to have to be, you know, I was going to say Knives Out because it was a solid, solid, solid film. It was so good. Uh, but my pick of the week is The Dead Baby's uh, One Child Nation. I just, think, I just think that, you know, it, it touched you in a place that maybe is uncomfortable when you say there were dead babies in it. But it just, it, it's emotionally... It was very moving. It was moving. The, it, the emotions that came from that film were incredible. It's they a, were. It was a really, really well done Well doc. done. Yeah, that for sure that would be mine. All right, so this is um, our final segment of the night. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's probably one of our favorites. Uh, it's called Rage, Mondo, or Meh. And uh, Murray's going to shoot at us some quick jabs to let it, and we'll be able to tell you how we feel about these. All right, here we go. Okay, first up, Adam Driver. He's Mondo. Mondo. Mr. Tom Cruise. Mondo. Meh. 
Adrian Brody. Mondo. Mondo. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mondo. Mondo. And best actor in Canada, Kiefer Sutherland. I disagree heartily. <laughs> All right. Uh, Natalie Portman. Mondo. Mondo. Love Natalie Portman. There yeah. you go. Gwyneth Paltrow. Meh. Meh. Jason Momoa. Meh. Meh. Really? Uh, Dakota Johnson. Meh. Meh. Kate McKinnon. Meh. Wow. <laughs> tough room. Tough room. <laughs> Hey, we didn't get All a rage. Right. And the final ones, uh, David. Oh my God, Cockner. Cock- How do you say that? David Kushner. Kushner. Oh, David Kushner. Mondo. Mondo. There you go. That that was one of Bryce's. Uh, Other, otherwise known as David Cockner. Yeah, Cockner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, From Gre- Cockney. Christina Applegate. Oh, Mondo. Meh. Steve Carell. Meh. Mondo. Meh. Fred Willard. Mondo. Mondo. And Miss Squeaky Voice herself, Fran Drescher. Meh. If it was only Spinal Tap that I ever saw her in, okay. well, Mondo. You can't, you can't pull that out of your ass at the last <laughs> draw, man. She, that's not her whole career. She's not being the nanny. Yeah, exactly. She peaked early. But she, yeah, her if perf- I have to... Yeah, it's 100%. 24. Jeff, you nailed oh. it, buddy. Anyway. 24. There we go. Well, what I'd like to say about Fran Drescher's performance in Spinal Tap was her acting in that movie was turned up to 11. It was indeed. <laughs> well, that's all we have for this week, everyone. Uh, we hope to turn in next week. And uh, we'd like to just. Hot mic. We just hot, hot mic. We just hot mic. Uh, we'd like to thank Jeff at Alchemy Studios here in Calgary, and uh, we want to wish you all a happy film rage and enjoy the movies. Thanks for showing up. Did I touch something or it just spiked for some reason? I don't know what happens with that. Oh. Is it good to touch the mic? Is that what happened? Or the cord? Is that what happened? I don't know. I don't know. I don't talk very much. I don't talk much anyway. Yeah, so we were... We were... 53 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Not bad. That was good. Good, good first try. With a few more raging and yeah. Some, some chats. Yeah. But, um, we wanted to kind of make it a little shorter this week just to. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's okay. It doesn't need to be, need to be a full hour, yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, just like you guys were talking about movies. It's probably better to have, uh, you know, really good content for shorter than yeah. drag it on for 